every venture has a dedicated board where we put people together who have the potential to make something better out of this venture. On purpose, we put those conflicting situations into that board. So that needs to be calibrated within the board. What actually do we want to squeeze out of the venture? Welcome back to another episode of the Innovation Roundtable Insights Podcast. That's Marcus Bold from Chemovator. At our workshop hosted by Allianz in Berlin, Marcus, who is the managing director of Chemovator, the business incubator of BASF, sat down with our colleague Leonard to discuss how the incubator is organized and connected to the core and how partners are selected to engage in the company's innovation projects. We hope you enjoy this episode. Marcus, thank you very much for your presentation and uh, thank you for joining me in this pop-up setup here for the interview. Um, maybe we can start the interview by you just briefly explaining uh, who you are, uh, what company you work uh, for and what role you have. Okay, uh, my name is Marcus Bold. Um, I used to work 18 years for BSF, left BSF one year ago. Now I'm the managing director of the Chemovator Team BH, which is a dedicated legal entity for BSF entrepreneurs. Uh, where we look for BSF internal founders uh, to take their dream, their business idea and to bring this to reality. This is essentially who we are, what I do and uh, where I have the pleasure to work in now for the last 12 months. And actually my presentation I summarized means from my, my personal journey, uh, what the key findings, the key ingredients, uh, the key pitfalls and the key learnings were. Let me ask you, I mean, uh, as I understand, uh, Chemovator is a, le a single uh, own legal entity. Uh, but how is the organization is set up and how is the connection to uh, BASF in this case? How it is organized? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, um, of course, we are 100% group company. So more or less, we are embedded somehow in the, in the BSF world. Uh, there needs to be a reporting line. I'm attached uh, to BSF New Business, which is another separate legal entity. Uh, but to be honest, I just need to be placed somewhere. Uh, we serve BSF Group as a whole, so I don't serve a dedicated unit. Um, I'm directly governed uh, by a body which is close to a board member, um, as I believe it needs to be uh, on a sea on level um, to, to, to have the protected space truly to, to do radical things. Because when you, when to a certain degree, you challenge the standing organization, when you do this too deep in the organization, more it will lead to nowhere. So the, the, the leadership needs to be on board uh, to have the organization set up really to do in a protected space radical, uh, radical innovation. So I, of course, I do my regular reports to the standing organization. Uh, we have a regular reporting what we do on a quarterly basis, how we invest our resources and our efforts. And that goes back to a couple of key stakeholders within the organization. Let me ask you, what's interesting when you, uh, I think it was a part of the Q&A, uh, talking about the, the distance uh, physically or geographically, not too far, not too close, yeah. uh, which is an interesting cons consideration. Um, how are you interacting with uh, some of the business units and when cultures are, are, are different within Chemovator and then some of the business units yeah. you are interacting and engaging with? How are you managing the the different cultures when it comes to collaboration? I think, first of all, I don't believe that cultures can be managed. Um, I just take cultures as a given fact. Um, in, I'm not judging if that's right or wrong. Uh, a business which is steered according to hard KPIs, you need to deliver on an EBITDA or an EBIT number. You deliver on an EBIT or EBITDA number, period. 
Um, and then you try to do, in our camp, things which either have potential to challenge the standing organization or to, um, to, to challenge even core operations or the way how you do things uh, is truly then on conflict in cause to an operating business. That's okay. That's just the nature of the beast. So one is, why should I align something which per definition is hard, uh, is hard to align? And that's one thing. Um, the second level of engagement we have is when we have topics which are sponsored out of businesses or functions or regions or technology platforms. Those sponsors have the chance to be part of the Chemovator Venture Board. So every board has, uh, every venture has a dedicated board where we put people together um, who have the potential to make something better out of this venture. And on purpose, we put those conflicting situation into that board. So that needs to be calibrated within the board. What actually do we want to squeeze out of the venture? So more as we have certain levels, how we can, how we can interact. And then the last level is, um, of course, we carry us as an organization into the organization, what, what we believe we bring as value to the organization. So I'm not considering me as in conflict and more as, as the the rebel who's, who's then really challenging the organization. Of course, we do that to a certain degree, uh, but more or less is we help you guys to experiment, to dare to experiment what the future of your business could be. And we do this in protected space without jeopardizing your cooperations. So we take that stuff out, we, we govern it ourselves, we run it ourselves, and we own our own destiny. And it's then up to the business, either I take it or leave it or do something um, out of that in a different way. Let me ask you a, a follow-up question or a deeper probing question in there. Where are the uh, projects, how do they emerge? Are they coming out of the business units or is it something that you go to the business and say, hey, this could be interesting for you, maybe you're interested in it or not. Where do they, how do they emerge? Where do they come from? The, um, the ideas actually come from founders. So it's not a business, it's not an anonymous body, I ask is rather there are people in the organization who put their name down to a certain topic, whatever their motivation is. Um, we have one founder uh, who always wanted to be in the field of construction. He always wanted to. And with us, he got the opportunity. Uh, second thing is we have a an, an female chemist um, having worked on a polymer which has certain unique properties. For, for cell adhesion on polystyrene surfaces. So something completely weird in, in uh, potentially your perspective, um, but it has unique technical properties. Went with the topic to a business unit saying, here's a product, you want to sell it? And they're saying, no, because we don't understand the market. We don't understand how large is the market, by the way. Uh, so not willing to take the risk. And uh, she came then to us and saying, if the business unit doesn't want to run it, I want to build it myself. Those are the kind of people we look for. Um, third person um, was in logistics, saw an issue, a problem he could solve, but was not able to run that solution within a business unit. So he came to us. Um, he actually seeked for the protected space to bring this to a certain maturity level, what he has done, and now rolling it back to the organization. So you see different ways and angles where ideas actually come from. But we do not do campaigns. We do not uh, pose challenges. We do not pull people, we build on self-motivation by employees themselves. And I believe out of a 120,000 employee company, there are many folks that they have that intrinsic belief 
they can add something and they want to own something. What are some of the skill sets that is needed for radical innovation? And, and how do you, where do you get those skill sets and capabilities from? And how do you also uh, train and integrate and support people that are coming out of the business into that more entrepreneurial world in Chemovata? Yeah, that's now a whole bunch of uh, questions in one, in one single <laughs> question. I try to answer it in the, in the right order. Um, one is, what are the right skills? It means you need to have the hunger to run the thing yourself. In a corporate world, you're told what to do. And your performance appraisal is you have targets which are actually imposed on you. You deliver on those targets, and then you get your marks, grades, and then you get actually get your salary adjustment and your bonus payment for that. That's the way how corporates work. We work the other way around. We look for people who want to own their topic and bring their topic to fruition. So the question of ownership, that is mine, I want to run, is the essence of all doing. And you can feel it and through the jury at once if somebody truly owns his or her topic. So it's mine. And you have really bad founders if they tell you, um, you know, I was asked by my SVP to show up here and to present something. So that's not the folks we look for. You look for the one who burned on that topic. So that, that's a starting point. Um, then, of course, it needs to be uh, in capability, which is for a B2B company, relatively hard to find somebody who is willing to accept um, a customer centricity of his work. So simply to put the customer aside, the customer challenge, the customer problem first, and saying how his doing pay into solving that issue. So that's um, the third one. Uh, on the, the second one, the third one is actually to be open for coaching and for external impulse that to accept that other people might add more than actually you intrinsically have. And that um, addresses the second uh, part of your question is we work with experienced founders out there in the startup world who have gone through the same learning curve. It means built with naivety and starting point, failed a couple of times, scaled up, pivoted a couple of times, fell off the charts again, um, we are strapped for cash a couple of times, um, found an exit, um, know how to position that, work with, with investors. Um, and our founders can turn to those folks and actually at the right time, they either find um, a shoulder they can cry into or um, those experienced founders provide the right challenge at the right time or simply pull out their networks is who can help our founders to, to tap into the right skills that they might need. Um, in potentially the last and most important function uh, out of those experienced founders is in their mentoring coaching role to mirror back to the team is what are the key competencies missing for you guys for being successful? Uh, means just to be technology savvy is not enough. Just understanding a customer is not enough. To build a business is a completely different animal. And then over the different steps of venture journey, more and more skills needs to be adapted and to be weaved in, into, into that, um, that um, venture journey. How do you screen the people? I mean, you mentioned in your presentation there are the, this, this pitch basically where then this is deciding whether those three options, if I remember correctly, yeah, correct. go, no, no, or we Sounds have a lot of questions. We have a lot of questions. Um, how much do you look into uh, the, the, the challenge or problem that 
is trying to be solved there? And how much do you look into the person that is coming with that challenge? Yeah, first of all, we don't accept person per se, not a single one. We always look for teams for other reason, because I'm a firm believer for forming a company, you need to be at least a party of two or three, because alone you won't come to the next idea. And more or less, I have not found a single founder who has the complete skill set to run an enterprise. So that's, that's number one. When we judge and venture pitching in our stage, the first point we discuss is team. And that goes back to my belief is you can have the greatest technology in the planet if you have a, med a mediocre team, that thing will fail. When you have a mediocre topic and you have a great team, something will come out of this. So out of priorities, paying attention, do you have the right founders and the right teams is much more relevant than the topic. Um, when, however, when you look into the topic is we accept technology will work. So we don't even discuss technology in a great level of detail. From time to time we do, we understand, we want to understand the product, but we don't get lost in the typical techie world. How we usually do is to understand this, the couple of ditches after a comma. But it's much more relevant is how is that product relevant to the target customer? And can you explain that? And if a founder is not able to explain that, we rather wouldn't do it. Um, so that's a, one of the product, not so much technology centered questions, which is in the heart of all thinking. Potentially those two ones means great team and certain customer relevance as the two deciding factors. Let me ask you about uh, kind of the uh, incentive compensation scheme uh, within Chemovator because yeah. it is very two different worlds as you're describing uh, the corporate world and suddenly some of uh, the people from the corporate world enter the different, different world in Chemovator how do you what did you set up there how is it different to to their normal salary and bonus system um the um the salary bonus system is not being touched so um we went that far and that's what i mentioned in my presentation regarding protected space is we shelved targeted agreements because the target is clear we want to build a business period everything else between is a waste of time in my eyes and we don't want to waste time in discussing arbitrage or artificial target agreements. So we simply take the salaries one-on-one, -on -one, bonus being frozen, so we even don't touch it. Um, and the true incentive for our founders is what happens at the point of exit. So they have a participation, if that's spin in or spin off, um, as a personal benefit out of their foundation. So that's actually where the, where the, gain, is, uh, where the gain is coming from. Let me add one specific point is our corporate venturing is actually venturing light when it compared to the external world. Because more or less you have a salary, you have an income, and you don't burn your personal cash and your cash of your friends, uh, grandma and granddaddy for building your venture. That's not, not how we operate. So more or less it's truly um, de-risking your personal connection to think. You can other than saying, do you have skin in the game? Yes or no. But in a corporate world, I think that works. Interestingly enough, our employees, the majority of employees seeking security, actually consider that still a risk to be part of our journey. But for the outside world, it's okay, that's actually a risk-free venturing approach. So actually, you can see there are two, two worlds bumping into each other. Yeah, it's relative kind of, of what, where you're coming from. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you about how do you stop and kill projects? Uh, how does that usually work? And what is the conversation with the 
with the team, uh, but also the whole kind of chemo, chemo radar ecosystem. Uh, how does that whole look like when you say this is stop now? Mm. And yeah, um, I mean, I described our journey is we have the first three months we expect a validation if there's some meat to the bone. So after three months, per default, there is a hard decision point. So in, can you convince the jury again that actually there is meat to the bone? Yes or no? And to be honest, many of the teams or some of the teams have failed in that step to substantiate their doings. So we had six and actually two failed with that step. And the two who failed actually have failed because of personal competencies, not because of technology, not because of a product, but more or less their personal doings, they're potentially not the right founders uh, for running a thing. Um, how does it usually run? Of course, we explain our founders why we terminate topics and that needs to be adhered or coupled to a stringent milestone why we don't do it um, and why is that coming to a grinding halt but when the milestone being missed which is material and, and relevant piece for the business plan at the end and it makes unrealistic that we achieve our target to build a business we stop and we make this very clear and transparent so we don't continue we don't continue riding a dead horse when you know it's dead um, to, to add more to that is we are very selective in selecting our ventures. So we've now seen roughly 50 pitches. We accepted 11. So embedded in our culture is actually saying no, um, which is in a corporate world a little bit unheard of. Usually when you come to decision committees, everything is pre-agreed. And then it's just, okay, now everybody knows everything. Everybody says yes. We do it the other way around. Is more or less the forum is the chance for founders to convince a jury if they can tell their story, if that is customer relevant, yes or no, and they're the right folks for rocking the boat, yes or no. And if they cannot convince, is we better say no, than accepting a compromise which will come with a large burden later on. Let me ask you the last question. Uh, I mean, now you've been through a through a journey in that uh, role, and you've been sharing a lot of, about it. What would you say is one of the most important lessons you've learned in that role? Oh, that's um, out of the, uh, the uh, potentially the most important learning is uh, to appreciate uh, not assuming that I know everything what is best, but to build on others who have personal experience um, having failed, having built business externally. Um, whatever the format is, is that going through boot camps, if that is going through jury decisions, if that is going through mentoring, if that's going through booster sessions, what we do in between, uh, if that is going to, uh, to summits, um, uh, if you do that through uh, benchmarks, through uh, meetups or, uh, or other formats, is we seek actively that external benchmark. Uh, so that is, that is the, the essence um, and I think our differentiator uh, to, the, to the large organization. There, there are many other learnings, means I could echo many failures we did um, along the pathway, but potentially that, that opening up to the external world is potentially the major uh, positive learning I would put under, under my belt. Markus, thank you very much once again for your presentation and for that interesting and pleasant conversation. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can find our show in most podcast apps. Subscribe for free to get the latest episodes. The video and the transcript of this podcast and all of our other exclusive interviews can be accessed via innovationroundtable.online. The Innovation Roundtable online network is your portal to a wide variety of exclusive content, including video presentations, interviews, insights reports, and articles. 
Not only that, innovationroundtable.online is also a place where you can connect with thousands of other corporate innovators, share experiences, request collaborations, and gain inspiration from your peers. Our network is exclusively for innovation, HR, and marketing practitioners in large firms. So visit innovationroundtable.online to discover more and request your 15-day free trial account.